Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga from Cleveland.com. And today's big news is that Indian slugger Jim Tomey has been elected to the National Baseball Hall of Fame by the Baseball Writers Association of America. Tomey got 89.8% of the vote in his first year on the ballot and will be enshrined in Cooperstown alongside Chipper Jones, Vladimir Guerrero, and Trevor Hoffman, as well as Veterans Committee selections Alan Trammell and Jack Morris on July 29th. Tomey becomes the 13th player inducted as a Cleveland Indian, joining legends such as Bob Feller and Larry Doby. His 612 career home runs rank 8th all-time and 4th for a left-handed hitter. Indian shortstop Omar Vizquel fell short of the necessary 75% of the vote to reach the hall, but Vizquel got 37% of the vote and will appear on the ballot again next year. Later on, we'll be joined by Cleveland.com's Paul Hoynes, who covered Jim Tomey's entire career with the Indians, and later with teams such as the Twins and the White Sox. But first, let's hear from Tomey himself, who received a call from Cooperstown yesterday, at home, surrounded by his family, and later on he talked with reporters about what it means to become a Hall of Famer. First thing Tomey talked about was his longevity and what made him able to stay in the game for more than 20 seasons while performing at such a high level? I think for me, you know, the, the, with dealing with my back and the fact that I got to DH in the latter stages, I think understanding my routine and truly knowing that routine and, and, and communication. I think as a young player, you know, you're, you're kind of built to... Okay, I'm playing, and we all do every day. We're ready to play, we're ready to play, but I think the communication later in my career and understanding when my body needed a break and the fact that, you know, we all, we are made to push and go and go as far and long as you can. Uh, I think the communication factor later and understanding my routine, my back routine that kept me on the field for all those years. Uh, and truly the communication with your, you know, with your trainers and in the fact that what being proactive and getting out ahead of things before they would happen. Uh, and I, and I was with, you know, I was very fortunate to be around some great, great trainers that truly cared about their players. Later, Tommy was asked about his relationship with former Indians hitting coach and manager, Charlie Manuel, who 
pretty much nurtured Tomey's career through the minor leagues and on through Cleveland, and then later on in Philadelphia. As special as it gets. I mean, this is a father figure. This guy was my guy. I mean, I, I, I would not be here if it wasn't for Charlie, you know, and I, I know he's very humble, uh, and he'll say, hey, the players got to ultimately do it, but I will tell you, there was many, many days that he pounded his fist, uh, keeping, <clears throat> wanting to keep me at the big league level. There were days when I was in AAA that he told me I wasn't ready to go to the big league. So from that point, I knew and trusted him like a father. But it was more than just the coach, hitting instructor, manager. There was, we had this bond together that was very special. And I, I feel the lucky one because I embraced it. And I guess also wisely, you know, took it and ran with it because of what he gave. He gave his time. He gave his passion. He gave his, he gave his, uh, his life to the game of baseball. And, and I was the one that reaped the rewards for many, many years. Even, even when we weren't together, which wasn't very much, but when we, you know, when I wasn't, he was always that guy I could go to and call and just, just kind of ease your mind as a friend, ambassador, instructor, all of the above. Tommy was asked about the Hall of Fame itself and which displays and artifacts he was most looking forward to seeing when he visits for enshrinement weekend. Oh gosh, there were so many, many things that I think walking through the front door is gives you chills enough and then you see the history of the game. You see going into the basement and putting on the white gloves and touching Babe Ruth's items and Lou Gehrig and, you know, seeing the different gloves early in the stages of baseball and and seeing how the game has evolved and then the new modern great players that are now, you know, like I think the Hall of Fame is so magical. Uh, if, if, if you're a baseball fan and you truly understand it, want to understand it, it's, I think that was the driving force to, to, to take the 500 and 600 baseball uh, to there because it's where it should have been. It's where it should be. You've got all these great artifacts and items that it's, you know, as you well know, it's the greatest place there is. And I, you know, I, I think you, one day doesn't do it justice. You need to spend two or three to fully understand all the great things that's in, in that place. It's just so special. Certainly in the months ahead and the weeks leading up to the enshrinement, we will be hearing a lot more from Jim Tomey, and I'm pretty certain the Indians themselves are excited about the honor. Uh, later on today, they'll be unveiling their 2018 ballpark giveaways, and those should feature uh, at least one item uh, Hall of Fame Jim Tomey related on the schedule. But now it's time to check in with Paul Hoynes and get his take on Jim Tomey and Omar Vizquel, and even later on we'll talk a little bit about which Indians could someday be joining Tomey in the Hall of Fame. All right, we're joined by Cleveland.com Tribe beat reporter Paul Hoynes. Uh, Hoynesy, 
the uh, the Baseball Writers Association of America has voted, and Jim Tomey is a member of the National Baseball Hall of Fame. Uh, just what's your immediate reaction to, to hearing that news and to, to knowing that, you know, a guy who, who you covered for so many seasons with the Indians and, and, and had such an impact on the franchise uh, is, is going to be enshrined at Cooperstown? You know, I think it's great, Joe. I mean, it's 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 well deserved, and it's uh, you know a testament to a guy that uh, you know kind of did a couple a couple things and did them very well. I mean, when you think of Jim Tomey, you don't think of a defensive player. You think of a guy that hits hits the ball a long way, and uh, and he did that for like twenty twenty two years. Uh, you know, six hundred and twelve home runs, eighth most in. Uh, you know, in, in history, he he drew the seventh most walks, struck out the second most times in history. You know, he's the Indians franchise leader in homers, walks, and uh, second in RBI. So, you know, this for for, for a 13th round pick, uh, a guy that you know really he started his career in extended spring training after his first spring training because he was they, the Indians didn't think he was good enough to put him on a minor league club. And uh, he's come a long way. <laughs> so, uh, you know, good for Jimmy, good for his family, and uh, he's a good dude, man. He And he never changed. He's one of those guys that, that, you know, when you met him as a rookie and you saw him after he'd played for 20 years in the big leagues, he never changed. He's a, he's a good man. Uh, you, you talk about that consistency, but, uh, you know, po- uh, tell me points to uh, his his first meeting with Charlie Manuel and, and uh, you know a tip that Charlie Manuel gave him early on about about getting close to the plate and opening up his hips and and sort of transforming the way that he's a, he was able to hit the ball and and he just his career just sort of took off after that point. Is, is it is, you know is it is it funny to think that you know one tip from one hitting coach somewhere you know twenty five you know thirty years ago launched the career of a, a Hall of Famer like that? Yeah, I mean, one, you know, it, it, all it takes is one thing, you know. But you know, obviously, you, you can you can make uh, you know all the suggestions in the world, but you have to be able to the, the guy you're making the suggestion to has to translate that and, and make it work for him. And you know, Jimmy uh, was kind of a, you know, Charlie always t- said he was a chicken wing hitter. You know, he 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 kind of went to left center field. He he had power, but. You know that's where he was trying to hit the ball, and by by moving his back foot closer to the plate, that opened up his hips and opened up the whole field for him. And he started to pull the ball, and he started to pull the ball to center field, and not, but he started to use the whole field, and that's when his power really came into play. And then I think another big thing, Joe, was when he uh, went from third to uh, first base, in in uh, I believe 1995 when. Oh uh, no! Uh, in 1997, when they got uh, uh, Matt Williams to play third base, and they moved Jimmy to first, you know, he—I think he started. He could concentrate a little bit more on, on offense, and he really worked on driving the ball and, and pulling the ball. And uh, you know, because defense had had always been a big concern for him at third base, and I think uh, you know, so that relieved a little of the pressure when he went to first. It's funny how you talk about, you know, back then, 1997, and, and uh, an infielder moving positions, and it, it, it the, the same things. It's cyclical. It's, it's cycles. 
you look at a Carlos Santana, a guy who, who's, 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 you know, making $20 million a year now because of that move from, from uh catcher to third to first. And it, it, it's the same, the same things keep popping up in over your years of uh, covering the Indians, the, you know, the, the names and faces are different, but the, the things happen the same way, right? Yeah, you know, and I think everyone has, like, I think people have a preconceived con, uh, condition that, okay, if, if you come up with, you're only going to play one position your whole career. If you come up as a catcher, you're going to be a catcher your whole career. If you come up as a third baseman, that's where you're going to play. And sometimes that happens. Sometimes you're Brooks Robinson, you know. But mm-hmm. other times guys are going to move, and, and if you can hit and and you and you have some, you know, athletic ability, you know, and maybe you're struggling at one spot. Well, and if they if a team has a hole at another spot, they're going to put you there and 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 see if you can play there. And you know, I think to be able to move around like that, you have to be able to hit. And obviously, uh, Tommy and Santano can both swing the bat. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, for me, the, the, the number that got Jim Tomey into the Hall of Fame, obviously, is the, the 612 home runs. You know, no nobody who's who's voting or, or looking at the results is going to say a guy who hit 612 home runs and and did it in a you know without any sort of doubt of uh, performance enhancing drugs or anything like that you know, throughout his career, uh, a clean 612 home runs is an automatic Hall of Famer. Did you think he was a first ballot Hall of Famer? Is that, is that something that's a surprise to you? That, that, that's a little bit of a surprise. I, I thought. Uh... You know that that was going to be tough, but I think you know, Joe, this was a good ballot for him because you know look, look at Bonds. You know Bonds is still on there. Manny Ramirez, big time power hitters, guys like uh, you know, and and they have that steroid cloud over them. And I think Jimmy comes in like you said, you know, with a not a whisper of steroid use. He played right through that whole you know era and. Um, and you know, no no positive tests, nothing like that. And I think you know, people looked at those numbers and said, okay, you know, this is this is the real deal here. We can vote for this guy. And you know, but, you know, unfortunately, you know, guys like Fred McGriff kind of get you know, kind of lost in the backwash of that. And, but you know, Chipper Jones, you know, got the most votes in this class, and he had almost five, you know, over four hundred, four hundred and sixty home runs. So, you know, Guerrero hit a lot of home runs. And both, you know, those guys, and you know, Jones, Guerrero, Tommy, you know, all all big-time hitters get in, you know, uh, and along with closer Trevor Hoffman got in. Uh, so, really, the the power numbers for Tommy, uh, 612 home runs, we all know. It, and, and, and everyone has their own memory of Jim Tommy in an Indian's uniform. Hitting a, a sort of a memorable home run, the the 511 foot blast to center field off of Kansas City, uh, the 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 shot onto Utah Street in Baltimore. Where uh, where were you for for those most memorable Jim Tomey home runs? Where well, you know, from your personal perspective, where were you watching those those ones from? Take us through those and and even the the home run in game uh, game five of the ALCS in '95. Yeah, I'm trying to think of my, you know, I was, I was at the Kansas City game where, when he hit it out of the park in center field. Um, I'm, the, the home run and, uh, I'm, I'm trying to think in, in 95, I, I don't, you know, I was at the game, but I, I don't remember that home run. The home run I remember is, uh, when they were playing the Yankees at old Yankee Stadium 
and it, it was, I think, in maybe the ALCS in 97. Mm-hmm. And uh, David Cohn was on the mound, and the Yankees had a 5 nothing lead or a 5-1 to one lead. And Tommy hit a grand slam into the upper tank in right field. And old Yankee Stadium, when, when the, the fans got into it, that thing rocked. You could feel the mm-hmm. press box shake. And mm-hmm. there was no, that ballpark went quiet. It went dead quiet. The Yankees came back and won it, but that's the home run that stands out to me that he hit. It was just like a monster shot. It got out in two seconds, and no, and it had just shut you know like seventy thousand people up. It was, it was that, that's it, the one that kind of that, that's the one I remember. It was the silencer. It was uh, it told me silence silencing the crowd. Uh, as far as does he get enough credit for his his glove work, or is that something that you know is you know didn't help him or hurt him in, in terms of getting in the hall? Yeah, I, I don't think it. I don't think you know he was an average fielder. I don't think he was he wasn't a Gold Glover. Uh, you know he. I, I remember Hargrove saying, you know, if, if Jimmy did make a mistake or made an error. It never bothered him. He never worried about it. He just moved on, you know, and that's that's the best way to do it because, you know, he's not making his money with his glove. He's he's going to make <laughs> it with his bat, you know. And and uh, but he, you know, he worked hard at it. I, I he, I remember it as a third baseman, he worked so hard. I mean, it when the Indians trained in Winter Haven and Buddy Bell, you know, was their was their deep, was their infield coach and Buddy, you know, was a Gold Glove third baseman, you know, he, he, him and Jimmy would be on the backfields every day working and working and working it. And, you know, it was not for lack of hard work that, that Jimmy told me, you know, what, you know, was, was not, a, you know, a, a great fielder. I mean, he was a, he was an average fielder, a good major league fielder, but, you know, I mean, he, he, that wasn't going to put him in the hall of fame. As, as far as his place, Sort of in in Indians history, he has a he has a statue in uh, in the outfield there at, at, at Progressive Field, and, and that's a source of you know sort of debate uh, among fans and and people you know observers. What what's your take on on giving Tommy a statue? Uh, the other guys who have statues are Hall of Famers as well. Uh, was it premature to put the statue out there in 2014, or do you think it helped the case? Well, you know, this, it, it, you know, when, when he left, before he left in 2002, uh, they had made him a promise that they were going to, you know, Mark Shapiro, I think it's made him a promise or some kind of promise that they were going to build a statue for him. And I think that was obviously an enticement to get him to stay. He didn't stay, but I think they still wanted to do that. And, uh, I think that's what led to it, led that. That, to, that was part of the, the driving force behind the statue. But the, the one thing that, that always impressed me about uh, Tommy, you know, when when he left, you know, he caught so much grief. You know, I, I don't know, people can all of a sudden, you know, he, he was like this guy who said, I'll never leave. You know, he had, you know, all these people were coming up with these quotes saying, I'll never leave Cleveland. You're going to have to rip the uniform off my back. Um, and and I never remember him saying any quotes like that. <laughs> and I was covering him every day. But you know, all the all this uh, you know kind of rancor surfaced. And every time he came back, you know, whether you know it was it was with an interleague game with the Phillies or with you know the the White Sox or the Twins, or and it was it was terrible. You know, the the fans I thought treated him terrible. They booed him. They they. You know, they, they it, it was just, you know, they really got on him hard. And 
every time, you know, we, we would go up and talk to talk to Tommy, and he, you know, he he always took the high road. He goes, "Hey, I left. They can say what they want." You know, he didn't rip the fans. He didn't he didn't get mad. He he just he understood. And I think eventually, when he came back, at I think I want to say maybe at the end of the 2011 season when they brought him back, mm-hmm. and you know, he hit the home run in his first game back. I think that kind of eased some of the tensions. I, that's what I, that's at least that's how I feel. And I thought he handled it. He handled the whole situation after he left. I thought he handled it great. I mean, you know, the the thing that the thing that it was funny tonight on the conference call, you know, every city he went to, he loved. You know, he loved Philadelphia. <laughs> he loved Minnesota. He loved Chicago, and he he feels the same way about Cleveland. I, I mean, I know some fans still feel hold a grudge, but hey, when when you got a chance to, you you play all your career to be a free agent, and and if and if you don't think the, the team that that your team is giving you enough money, or or giving you know that 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 you think there's something better out out you know out in free agency, you got to you got to take a chance. I mean, you got to go for it, and you know I don't blame them. I I don't blame them at all. Yeah, you know, like like you said, he 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 really sort of handled everything really well coming back, and and everything subsequent to that, you know, the the statue dedication and the the Hall of Fame enshrinement last year or, or uh, 2016, you know, it was it was all first class. It was very well, you know, conducted himself, and it's it, it was really you come to expect that from from Jim Tomey is in, in dealing with him, so. Uh, you know, the obvious question now, the, the big next question is, what's, who's the next Indian that you can see possibly being enshrined in Cooperstown in the Hall of Fame? Uh, does Omar Vizquel have uh, have the chance to, to, to get in on the ballot? I know uh, you wrote about, you know, that's that's uh, uh, going to be a struggle for him. Uh, is what, what more does Corey Kluber need to do in order to get his name on uh, consideration for, for something like that is is a is a third Cy Young uh, a, a guarantee for for Kluber in, in Cooperstown. Uh, could Francisco Lindor or uh, Jose Ramirez? Uh, you know they're years and years off, but could could they see themselves some at some point in Cooperstown? What what do you think the chances are of uh, the next Indian uh, being inducted in a, into Cooperstown? Well, I think, uh, you know, obviously it's Omar. You know, he's on the ballot. And, uh, you know, I thought he had a great showing vote-wise today, 37% in the, in your first year, you know. in You know, and I think that was that was a great building, you know, a great spot to to build off of. You know, it's, it, you know, when you look at guys like Trammell and some other shortstops that have, you know, debuted on, on, a, on, a, on the ballot, they didn't get anywhere near that. So I think, you know, it's going to take a while, I think. But, you know, he, he received 156 votes, you know, out of, out of I think, uh, 422 ballots cast, you know. And, uh, you know, the you know, some, you know, it looks like maybe that log jam is, is going to, with the steroid guys, is, try, is starting to, uh, you know, it looks like maybe, you know, like, like Bonds and Clemens, their vote totals, I mean, they kind of, stayed the same this year so that doesn't look like that's going to be an issue you know maybe maybe the voters are going to move past that and uh, I think I think you know I don't think he's you know maybe not next year but I think you know Omar's got nine nine year nine more years here 
on the ballot. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think he's got a great chance to get into Cooperstown. I think he deserves it. I don't buy the fact, I don't buy the defensive metrics that, that say, you know, that point to so many, so many shortstops that are better than him that, you know, that, that just, you know, that just, I don't think they were. I mean, I watched this guy for 11 years. I think he was the best shortstop I've ever seen. I mean, okay, he's not, he, he played in an era when, you know, shortstops were expected to hit 30 to 40 home runs, drive in 100 runs. He's not that kind of player. Well, and, they were also, uh, they were also six foot three and you know, yeah, two hundred twenty pounds. Yeah, yeah, and you can't you can't penalize a guy for that. You got to look at what he did. I mean, <laughs> I, I just I I just think uh, eleven Gold Gloves. You know, you shouldn't be penalized uh, because you played until you were forty five. If you played till you were forty five, that's because you were good enough to play till you were forty five, and people and, still wanted you around. I mean, and he's that's, and he's what. 300 hits shy of 3,000, something like that? Yeah, over 2,800 hits. Not bad for a guy that, you know, started his career getting the bat knocked out of his hand in Seattle. So, you know, I, I, I think, you know, this was a good showing. I know I know his fans probably aren't, you know, expect, you know, would have loved to see him get in, go in with Tommy, but this is a good start for him. I think it's going to be a gradual, a gradual thing, but I think eventually he gets in there. What about uh, Kenny Lofton's chances? I know he would have to go the uh, the route of the um, that that Alan Trammell and Jack Morris yeah. uh, you know took to the hall. It would be through that uh, the Veterans Committee or, or whatever the, the the modern era committee is what they they call it now. Yeah, they've got there's three different era you know veteran committees, and yeah, he would have to go through that committee. And I think he's got a chance. I I just wish he would have you know they and I think he's got a good chance. I think people. No, he he kind of got slighted on the BBWA ballot. He was on there for one year, didn't get it. You know, came on and when Bonds and Sosa and Clemens, he that was his. They were they were all made their appearance, the first their first appearance on the ballot, and uh, he kind of got you know he he just got lost in the shuffle and the chaos of all that. And mm-hmm. uh, but if you look at his numbers, I mean he's he's. He's he, he's comparable to Reigns, you know, who, who got in last year. He he's a guy that deserves a second look, a, a long look. And I was really encouraged um, by you know the Veterans Committee uh, in December uh, voting you know uh, Morris and, and Trammell in, you know, because they haven't voted a player that's that's been alive since 2001. You know, mm-hmm. they, they've either it's been either executives or managers or or you know some deceased players, and so th- these guys, you know, w- we saw these guys play. So you know, um, and I thought they deserved. I, d- I voted for both those guys, so I'm I'm happy those guys got in. And I think you know, I think eventually, you know, Kenny will get another shot. I hope he does. What? Uh, how, how long would he have to wait before he's he's up for consideration by that committee? Do you do you have any idea? I th- it would it would be at least two years, I think. The next time okay. would be probably 2019. Okay. So uh as far as current Indians uh Corey Kluber can can a can a third Cy Young uh you know lock up a spot in Cooperstown for Corey Kluber? Well it wouldn't hurt. <laughs> no, I think <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, I think uh, that would help him. You know, it all depends. You know, I mean, you know, he's he's uh you know, he's kind of a uh, got a late start on his career and uh you know, he's had four great seasons here, four seasons where he's put up big innings. You know, big strikeout totals, um, and 
as the age is probably working against him a little bit, 31, 32. But you know, if if he can stay healthy, you know, and 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 put, you know, I don't know if he's going to win. You know, does he have to pitch 240 innings every year? I, I, you know, that would help. But you know, I, I would think that they you probably watch his his workload now. But yeah, I I, I don't see any reason why not if he if he can stay healthy and he maintain his velocity uh you know he works hard and um you know if he can and and you know the bat, you know, whatever happened to him last year at the end of the season and maybe that was just uh you know okay that's that was a tweak but uh but I think he he should uh, he's got a chance he, but you know he certainly has set the stage for that Joe I mean two Cy Youngs in 4 years what he finished third in the in in the other the year he third and ninth in the years he didn't win it, so you know he's he's on the right track for sure. And you know Vizquel, I mean, uh, you know Ramirez and uh, and Lindor, um, two great years so far, two and a half great years, two and a half for for Lindor, two great years for Ramirez. But uh, there's a long way to go. Let's let's wait to see how that that goes. I mean, if they keep playing like this. For eight, nine, ten years, yeah. But mm-hmm. you know, baseball is like baseball is. It's a. Uh, I mean, it's a it's it's a gauntlet, you know, and it never stops. Once right. it once you grab, you know, it's like a train, you know, pulling out of the station in in uh, mid February. You grab onto the caboose and and pray you make it to to October, and and it it just never never stops. And you've got to play every day and. That, it's 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 really it it's it takes a lot of ability but it takes a lot of a lot of drive you've got to really want this game and it and you know, it doesn't look like it all the time when they're standing out there you know at noon on on saturday <laughs> but you know you you can't escape this game once the season starts and if you're going to be a hall of famer as a position player you got to play every day and uh so let's wait and see on those guys correct uh last thing before I let you go here uh you know how much are you personally looking forward to uh induction weekend uh late July uh you know you've got Jim Tomey who you covered for for 12 plus seasons uh with the Indians uh and you, you know your friend Sheldon Oker is going in and getting the uh the the Spink award uh how much is in you know Hall of Fame enshrinement weekend going to mean to you personally covering it this year uh when you head out to uh to Cooperstown. It's it should be great, Joe. I I'm I'm looking forward to it, forward to it. I'm really happy for Shelley. Uh you know, we we had uh, nominated him a couple times. He he got on the ballot. He's the first time he he goes in on the first ballot too, just like Tommy and nice. Tommy and him are are good friends. So it's I bet that it's really it's going to be a treat for him. For both of you know, for Sheldon to to, to be on the kind of go in on the on the on the same uh, maybe the same class, you know. I don't think you could writers and, and, and writers and, and baseball players you can't compare the two, but uh, you know the. But I I think it's going to be fun and should be. Uh, it's it's just a great weekend. It's uh, you know I, I was there one I was there uh, when uh, Ripken and and Tony Gwynn got in. I, I was the president. Of the BBWA, and I got to introduce the the writer who was who won the Spink Award, and it was really cool. So I'm looking forward to it. Well, we're looking forward to it as well, Hoinsey, uh Thanks for uh, for taking some time out to to talk Jim Tomey and the Hall of Fame and.
We will uh, look forward to talking to you again next week. All right, Joe. Thanks, man.